Hi, this is your host Corbin, and this is your guide for Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 1992 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Reservoir Dogs, Aladdin, Home Alone 2, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Unforgiven, which would go on to win Best Picture, Alien 3, A Few Good Men, The Last of the Mohicans, Beethoven, and Army of Darkness. From that year, we have reviewed Candyman. Link to that review is below. If you'd like to reminisce more about the films of 92, then head over to Letterboxd.com and make sure to follow me and Alan over there. Links to our profiles are below. At the 64th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to The Silence of the Lambs, which we have actually reviewed. I have linked to that review down below as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. This is not the full review for Batman Returns. That is coming next week. This is your guide where we talk about the production, box office, all of that. All of those juicy details are in this podcast, but the review is coming soon, so make sure to subscribe. After the huge success of Batman, Burton surprisingly moved on to another project, Edward Scissorhands. After that was a big success, Warner Brothers told Burton, you've got carte blanche. Make it a Tim Burton movie. And surprisingly, they meant it. They really were hands-off in the production of the film. Burton and screenplay writer Daniel Waters, yes, we'll talk about him. He's new to the, new to the Batman world for this. When they were making the film, when they were in pre-production, writing, going through it all, they didn't really care or think of what fans may think of the film. They really just created it their way. Now, Sam Hamm, he did return to write the screenplay, but mostly his entire script was scrapped in favor for Waters' take, whom Burton apparently was impressed with his work on Heathers. He wrote the screenplay for that film. Hamm ended up with story by credit, but not full screenplay credit, unlike last time. In Burton's mind, Catwoman was Batman's second greatest villain and his second favorite villain after the Joker. The studio was pushing for Penguin after rumors began to swirl Danny DeVito would make a great choice. DeVito himself saw the rumors in the newspaper, which got him thinking. Burton decided why not feature both, and DeVito was his only choice to cast as the Penguin. As for casting Catwoman, Annette Bening, whom we have reviewed in the Harrison Ford, I believe it's J.J. Abrams' first writing film regarding Henry, she was signed on and about to shoot until she found out she was pregnant. After having horrible deja vu like last time when Sean Young dropped out as Vicki Vale at the last hour, they thankfully got Michelle Pfeiffer into the role. The producer, Denise Denovi, realized Michelle was perfect for the part. It should be noted Sean Young seized her opportunity to appear in Batman Returns by dressing up like the fiendish feline, bursting into one of the producer's office who was in a meeting with Keaton at the time, and pounced up onto the sofa exclaiming, I am Catwoman. Needless to say, this startled both men and Young never was contacted again until the making of documentary to recount her story. Robin was to make his modern big screen debut until they nixed his character at the 11th hour once again. Marlon Wayans had signed on, even going so far as to do a costume fitting. He was going to have a small role, but Burton wasn't into it. With an ever-expanding cast of characters, they decided to, once again, place him on hold for the third installment. Keaton was the producer's only choice to return as Batman. He had never done a character twice, so he found playing the character again to be quite the challenge. Once the film was in post-production, the producers worried they wouldn't get the movie out on time for its summer release. They did meet their release date, but to a surprising reaction. 
Waters went to a number of theatrical viewings. He remembers audiences reacted like they got mugged and children would be crying. In fact, this caused a major problem for Warner Brothers, who expected a lot of kids, uh, younger audiences, to go to this movie since Batman is primarily a children's character. They even had McDonald's Happy Meals toys. They had, I mean, you name it. Remember, this was going out from the 80s into the early 90s, merchandising galore. This caused such a reaction that McDonald's had to pull their Happy Meal toy line because parents were so disgusted by the film and so their children were so upset. It created a bit of a PR nightmare for Warner Brothers when this movie came out. One of the main critical reactions to the film was that Batman was not in it very much at all, especially for a movie called Batman Returns. He has very little screen time. He does very little. He doesn't have much of a presence. Burton's response to that is that's the entire point. People are missing the point or don't really, in his mind, understand the point of Batman. Is he supposed to be so in the background that he's supposed to be, you know, causing change, you know, without people even realizing it per se. So I think that's kind of a bit baloney. We'll talk about that in my review next week. But nevertheless, that's Burton's explanation for why Batman wasn't in it a lot. It should also be noted that while Keaton was struggling to play the part, DeVito really got into it. Pfeiffer went incredibly far, so far as to during one of the sequences in the film, she puts a bird in her mouth. She did actually put a live bird into her mouth, had it held it there for a number of seconds, and then, you know, opened her mouth and released the bird. Of course, they had to say, you know, no animals were harmed. Of course, this caused a lot of controversy with animal rights activists. But nevertheless, that's pretty darn wild she would go that far. Well, last time Batman did win an Oscar, this time it was actually nominated for two Oscars, Best Visual Effects and Best Makeup, which the makeup absolutely makes sense to me. So Death Becomes Her, which is kind of a fun movie, that won Best Visual Effects and Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola, Keanu Reeves film, is what won for Best Makeup. Now, as for the budget of the film, it was, I would say, astronomically higher. Last time was $35 million. This time, an $80 million budget. It didn't have much of a bigger gross than the last time around. It was $45.6 million, still number one at the box office opening weekend. And like I said, it did hit its June release date, Friday, June 19th. So two years, 11 months, and 27 days so just a few days shy of three years before Batman returned. Surprisingly enough, it also had the same exact runtime as before. It did once again earn the PG-13 rating. That was another controversy. Some people were saying the movie probably should have got the R rating just because of how dark it was. And it's a fairly violent, bloody movie as well. So opening weekend, the film debuted unchallenged nothing else opened up that weekend in fact sister act came which had already been out for a month by that point was number two at the box office batman returns um great acclaim 2600 theaters uh number one patriot games which batman dethroned which was number one the week prior dropped down to number three kind of hurts when sister act beats you uh that had been in the theater for three weeks and house sitter I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that came in at number four with Lethal Weapon 3 
coming in at number five. In its second week, Batman did stay number one at the box office, but with a sharper drop of 25.4 million dollars. So it had lost 44.3% of its revenue from the week prior. Now it did go up against Unlawful Entry, which was its opening weekend, only grossed $10 million. I've never heard of this movie. I'm looking at it right now. It looks like nothing I want to watch. 20th Century Fox uh, film. Nevertheless, uh, Sister Act, you know, the, the rest of the movies came in. Uh, Pinocchio, I should say, was re-released. Um, it did come in at number seven, so that's fairly impressive. Even in its third week in a row, Batman stayed at number one, but this time it had lost another 45.6%, $13.8 million uh, was its total gross for the third week. It did go up against a league of their own, um, which just barely missed beating Batman. Um, even Boomerang also coming in at number three, barely caught... Bar or I should say barely missed A League of Their Own and Batman. Boomerang was an Eddie Murphy movie by Paramount Pictures. Coming in at number three, that probably tells you where Eddie Murphy was at by the early 90s. Well, what dethroned Batman finally? This is a shocker, listeners. It went all the way from number one to number four on the um, July 10th to July 12th weekend. I should say the weekend prior was the Independence Day long weekend, but the weekend after that, audiences said, mm, we're done with it. There's more movies coming out for us to watch. It only grossed $7.7 .7 By that point, it was just going to sharply drop from there. A League of Their Own kind of did the impossible, kind of like what the movie's all about. It bounced from number two and went up to number one in its second week. Universal Soldier debuted to number two with Boomerang number three. Finally, Batman returns at number one, at number four, I should say. And then with its seventh week in the box office, Sister Act was still in the top five. Also, Cool World with Brad Pitt, that, you know, half animation movie came in at number six. Domestically, it would go on to gross $162.9 million, a fairly disappointing drop, I would say, from the uh, $251 million of last time, foreign markets 103.9, still a pretty big drop from last time's 160, and then a worldwide total still over a quarter of a billion dollars, but a big decline, um, worldwide total $266.9 million compared to last time's $411.5 million, so... Coming back three years later, audiences, you know, they still gave it number one at the box office for three weeks in a row. Uh, still did very good numbers as far as gross goes, but this was not a case of them capitalizing on the success. And we talked about kind of the PR nightmare of this movie. It had a lot of issues, but this right here, listeners, is where I think a lot of you may be surprised. For the most part, across the board-ish, well, okay, let's just say this. Critics liked this movie better than the first one. Now, it does have a 68 meta score that's one lower than the first one, but it has an 80% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which is technically 8% higher than last time. This, this is the only movie in the franchise I'm reviewing that is certified fresh. Now, it is 11% lower, audience score 73%, IMDb rating still is pretty solid, 7.1, and the exact same letterbox rating, believe it or not, at 3.6. Now, audiences straight out of the theater dropped it a full letter grade to a B as compared to last time's A. That's kind of a big deal, I think. Audiences, as you could tell, really weren't crazy about this movie in general. I think over time, 
People have probably come around to appreciate it a little bit more. People don't like it as much as the first one. They say it's really close, but critics for the most part, say it's either just as good or better. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I've been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Batman Returns, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as Alan and I fight the Raptors one last time, well, maybe, with Jurassic World Dominion. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.